like no one you've heard before. Because he's no one, and you've never heard him. He has a face for radio, a voice for the deaf, and enough free time for a podcast. If you're listening to this right now, clearly you don't have enough going on right now. So settle in. Buckle up. You're listening to Bayou Ball Movements. Here's your host, Bill Shakespeare. Hello and welcome into another arousing edition of Bayou Ball Movements. I, of course, am your host, Bill Shakespeare. Let's see if this week I can crack more listeners than the Texans have wins. Uh, or let's see if we can tie. Let's go for four or more. That would be a record for me. The Tennessee Titans added insult to an injury-ravaged Texans team, defeating them 24-17 in Nashville on Sunday to ensure the Texans cannot finish better than 500. This will mark the first non-winning and, more than likely, losing season in the Bill O'Brien era. Uh, a uh, <clears throat> fun challenge when recapping these games is trying to find some faint silver linings in otherwise uh, a shit-colored, shit-scented hobo trench coat that is the 2017 Houston Texans season. I'll call it good news, bad news. Pretty original, right? Uh, Not to be confused with the Houston Chronicles, the good, bad, and ugly. Which may or may not have inspired this segment. What? 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 Oh, don't look at me like that! You wiped that smug condescending look right off your goddamn face! You're gonna sit there and judge me? Oh, come on! The most original thing credited to you is that botched abortion you call a son! Whose sole significance will be reminding us why participation trophies, contraception, and if you're in a pinch, co-hangers exist! God damn it! You try getting motivated about a four and eight turd sandwich! You pretentious deadbeat! Why don't you go hug your haunting reminder to always pull out? Son of a bitch! <clears throat> but I digress. We'll start off with the good news. Good news, everyone! After a shaky 2016, DeAndre Hopkins has further cemented himself as one of the very best receivers in the NFL. The numbers on the stat sheet don't signify his greatest outing, but Nuke made an impact, despite basically being Tom Savage's only option in a completely decimated receiving core. Hop lassoed in 10 catches for 80 yards, Those were highlighted by several jaw-dropping snags that continued to serve as rent checks for his residence on a whole other level. With his improbable catches uh, pinned up against the sideline, 
We should probably come up with a new nickname. Uh, to me, he's more of a Twinkle Toes. Uh, he has much more finesse and elegance than, than a nuclear warhead. A lot more subtle. Good news, everyone! Braxton Miller played a game for the Houston Texans, in which you were reminded that he played for the Houston Texans. He was a human joystick as a Buckeye at Ohio State, uh, but Braxton Miller has served little more than just a body to satisfy the requisite 11 as his time as a pro. Sunday was as close to a coming out party as he's had. The second year receiver had four catches for 71 yards with a long of 57. And sure, Tom Savage didn't have much choice in the matter when it came to getting rid of the rock. But Braxton Miller is proving himself as a competent plan C. And that is a step in the right direction. The pleasantness of the surprise did not last long, however, as Braxton Miller joined the ever-growing list of concussed Texans. The Texans have racked up more concussions than wins in 2017. Good news, everyone! Another up-and-coming Texans pass catcher had a career day in Sunday's loss. Tight end Steven Anderson, undrafted free agent out of University of California, Berkeley. He caught five passes for 79 yards in Nashville, and one of those catches was the Texans' lone touchdown and the loss to Tennessee. He will play a gigantic role in the Texans' offense going forward with fellow tight end C.J. Fedorowicz and Ryan Griffin out for the foreseeable future. Another bit of good news. Good news, everyone! That was the first 58 minutes and 58 seconds of Tom Savage. Savage played his best game, statistically speaking, in his four seasons as a Texan, going 31 for 49 for 365 yards and a touchdown. What happened in the last 62 seconds, you ask? Well, you impatient pain in the ass. That little poop nugget brings me to the bad news. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. Bad news starts out with an ill-advised Tom Savage throw to the end zone with the Texans down four with one minute and two seconds left in the game. That throw was picked off by the Titans' LaShawn Sims. Savage should largely be commended for his performance given the number of targets he lost to injury, but the turnover was quite costly, as has been the case for most of his turnovers this season. Coming at the worst possible time, uh, more often than not, the Texans have presented Tom Savage with an opportunity to win the game in the later stages. Uh, his mistakes seem to always seal their fate and ultimately a loss. His ineffectiveness in the red zone was exacerbated by the comedic stylings of rookie kicker Kaimi Fairbairn. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. You see, Fairbairn clanked a 48-yard field goal off the left upright, his uh, first attempt, I believe, and it's one you'll let slide for a rookie kicker. But then he hooked a 
28-yard chip shot. Uh, it was one of the worst kicks you'll see all year. 50 cents first pitch was closer to hitting the mark than that kick. Uh, inexcusable for an NFL kicker, considering it would have been routine for any college or high school kicker in the country. What made matters worse was that it helped change the complexion of the game and ultimately played a major role in the Texans' loss. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. On a fourth and four on the Texans' final drive, right guard turned left tackle Jeff Allen, playing in a neglected hodgepodge offensive line, Jeff Allen was called for an incomprehensible three consecutive false starts, turning a fourth and four into a fourth and 19. And at the time, an insurmountable fourth and 19. I can understand that he's playing in a new position, right? But there is no way you start falsely three straight plays. After the second, I mean, you have to just stand there and wait for the rest of the line to move before you do, right? I mean, you don't risk jumping a third straight time. But he did. Uh, after the third false start, you, you couldn't help but laugh. <laughs> Luckily for Allen, though, Steven Anderson made a terrific 22-yard catch to keep the drive alive. Outstanding. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. All of the execution miscues are just the cherries on top of a diarrhea Sunday. The Texans' injury woes, however, are even more difficult to stomach. At this point, the Texans must just be numb with all of their bad luck when it comes to injury. They've lost J.J. Watt, Whitney Merciless, Deshaun Watson, and Deontay Foreman to season-ending injuries. On Sunday, they added to the list, losing Jonathan Joseph, C.J. Fedorowicz, Alfred Blue, Bruce Ellington, Braxton Miller, and some guy named Jelani Jenkins to injuries. Every team in the NFL deals with injuries, but what's happening to the Houston Texans this year is just butt-fucking ridiculous. With that, let's go ahead and power through an efficient retelling of the game's notable drives and the plays of which they were comprised. This week, let's start from the beginning. First quarter. Following a three-and-out on the Texans' opening drive, they punt... Punting to Titans' Adoree Jackson, the rookie out of USC. He had a good return, but was stripped by Alfred Blue. A fumble, a turnover for the Texans, recovered by Jordan Todman at the Texans' 40. Andre Ellington, in his first game as a Texan, collected two early catches from out of the backfield. Nice to see him getting into the mix. After two running plays totaling... Negative one yards. The Texans are bailed out on a pass interference on a third and 11. A sensational falling away catch made by DeAndre Hopkins in the corner of the end zone 
but he is unable to get both feet down in bounds. Following that incomplete pass, Texans had a rush for no game, another incomplete pass, and a Kiami Fairbairn field goal good. His first attempt good, Texans up 3-0. After leaking like a sieve, uh, Texans defense, which has been porous, especially the secondary for most of the year, they are able to chase Marcus Mariota out of bounds behind the line of scrimmage, force a fourth down, and a suck-up field goal. Suck-up actually with the first missed field goal of the game. Texans up 3-0. Hey, Texans catching a lucky break. How about that? Texans three and out. They punted away. Uh, 3-0 Texans at the end of the first quarter. After picking up a few first downs, Titans punt on their first possession of the quarter. Uh, Texans get the ball. Braxton Miller with a 57-yard catch and run, by far the longest of his career, brings the Texans inside the 10. On a third and goal, Savage shows a bit of mobility, and he finds Steven Anderson for the Texans' first touchdown. It was a low, low throw. Steven Anderson, though, able to shovel it, shovel it into his hands before it hits the turf. A great catch. No look that says it's not a touchdown. Texans 10, Titans nothing. Texans actually a 10-point lead at one point in this game. Uh, but like shit through a goose, the Titans did drive down the field with ease on their next possession. Marcus Mariota capped it off with a 9-yard fake handoff keeper. An impressive drive to put the Titans on the board. It is 10-7 Texans. On the Texans' subsequent drive, DeAndre Hopkins came up with a redonkulous catch in double coverage. It was a ball from Savage that definitely should have been picked off and would have been picked off if thrown to any other receiver. Instead, snagged by Hopkins for a 17-yard gain. C.J. Fedorowicz, Bruce Ellington, and Chris Thompson all go down uh, with injuries. Texans are left with Hopkins, Braxton Miller, and Steven Anderson here in the second quarter as their wide receivers Obviously, Will Fuller already inactive going into Sunday with an injury. Uh, C.J. Fedorowicz, man, seems like six or seven concussions for him in less than four years as a pro, and three this year alone. Very scary stuff for C.J. You know he's already having conversations with his friends, family, and loved ones about his future as an NFL football player and his distant future as a man in general, I got to say, I don't feel good about this. I would not be surprised if C.J. Fedorowicz has taken his last snap as an NFL football player. Certainly should be done for 2017. I mean, what's the point? There is none. Hopkins, later on on that drive, makes another ballerina toe-tapping, toe-dragging, tightroping grab up against the sideline on a 3rd and 12 on a third and two, excuse me, it was a 12-yard gain. Uh, later on, Texans would find themselves, of course, in third and longs because they just suck on first and second down. They can't run the ball whatsoever, uh, which really made it incredible that the Texans were able to put any drives together considering how one-dimensional they were 
and they had no, absolutely no wide receivers to throw to. Uh, they converted a third and 15 on a savage throw to Steven Anderson after two Titans timeouts. Texans convert that play. Clock's running. They opt not to call a timeout and let 30 seconds drain off the clock before taking their next snap. With less than a minute left, the Texans, incomplete pass. All right, that stops the clock. Brings us to second down, incomplete pass, which brings us to third down, a sack of Tom Savage. Held on to the ball, though. Fairbairn's uh, 48-yard field goal clinks off the upright. Score remains Texans 10, Titans 7. Titans get the ball back with plenty of time to score before the half. They get the requisite yardage, and Ryan Suckup nails his second field goal attempt on a 43-yarder. The score is tied 10-10 at halftime. Clowney had his worst game of the season. He had been making splash play after splash play, uh, impacting the game, seemingly well on his way to a first-team all-pro appearance, but is silent. Uh, Clowney had three offsides penalties. That was the most noise he would make in that game. Three offsides penalties and no tackles in the first half alone. You know, good teams or teams that end up with winning records, not even good teams, but teams that end up winning close games, they score before the half or vice versa prevent other teams from doing so when they have the opportunity. 2017, Texans have never done that. Third quarter, Savage was late to emerge from the locker room after a hit to the head late in the second quarter. In the last game of the regular season last year, uh, funny enough, it was a game against the Titans in Tennessee, just like Sunday's game, Savage took a blow to the head late in the second quarter, very similar to Sunday. Came out to take a knee, to take it into the locker room like he did Sunday, but that would be it for him. Uh, He was replaced by Brock Osweiler, who Savage replaced the week prior in Jacksonville. And it looked like that would be the same scenario again. I was somewhat hopeful to see TJ Yates come in there. Hey, TJ Yates might have won that game. That was a very winnable game, despite Savage's numbers throwing for over 300 yards. I don't know. Does TJ Yates throw an interception on the game-winning drive? Uh, we'll, we'll get into that later. You know what? I'm not going to talk about TJ Yates today. Whatever. Whatever happened, happened. Savage was able to get back in the game. We did see him run out of the tunnel. Texans force a three and out of the Titans to start the third quarter. And Braxton Miller returned the punt for the first time in his NFL career. At least it was his first time as a punt returner, to my knowledge. And this is something I had been waiting for since we drafted him. I mean, we just, I mean, first of all, we suck at special teams. That Chris Thompson kid is not a good returner. I'm okay if the only reason why he's back there is to be a tackling dummy because we don't want other players to get hurt because ultimately that's what happens to Miller. But like I was saying, he was just so explosive at Ohio State. 
I we needed to come up with more ways to get the ball in his hands. This was one I had been waiting for, and he did do a nice job. Got a nice return out of it, something like 15 yards, you know, serviceable. But he did go down and did not get up for a long while. He went to the locker room where the Texans would learn he had suffered a concussion. Concussions, just an epidemic for the Texans this season. For a moment, for a brief moment, DeAndre Hopkins was the only healthy wide receiver the Texans had available, which is just as well because you shouldn't waste your time trying to throw to anyone else. Certainly not Chris Thompson, although Thompson would return, uh, equipping the Texans' offense with two wide receivers and one tight end. They would bring an additional offensive lineman in the tight end position, I guess, for some extra protection for Savage and on running plays, but God, it would not make a difference uh, in the ground game. Andre Ellington, in his first game as a Houston Texan, is forced into the lineup and is split out as a wide receiver. According to the telecast, he is told what route to run at the line prior to the snap. Kudos to, to him for stepping in in that unfamiliar role on an unfamiliar team. Didn't have a real huge impact on the game, but he did come through with a couple of catches, and we're going to need him, uh, at least for the rest of this year. DeAndre Hopkins collects back-to-back first-down receptions and three catches in a row. Texans are down to the 35-yard line. Three straight throws to Hopkins. Who the hell else are you going to throw it to? Maybe Steven Anderson. Those are your only two options, real options at this point. Offsetting unsportsmanlike conduct penalties called on Giacomini and Jarrell Casey for the Titans Looking at the replay, Giacomini is just finishing a block, bringing Casey to the ground, and then other Titans upset by the physicality. Probably the only time you'll see Giacomini uh, exhibit some physicality. They dogpile on him, and for whatever reason, both sides are called for a penalty. It was a bullshit call. It was a bullshit call. Following the penalty, a short throw to Alfred Blue on a third and seven Alfred Blue lowers his shoulder and is awarded a first down, sheds a tackle, stretches for the marker. Looks like he's about a yard short. The play is reviewed, and the call stands. Texans have a first and goal at the Tennessee nine-yard line. Then you have an Alfred Blue rush for a loss of one. Incomplete pass, incomplete pass. And here is the Fairbairn chip shot, 28-yard field goal, missed wide left. Not even close. Embarrassing. He is not an NFL kicker. No way he missed anything that bad in college. If he did, he would not have been picked up and signed by the Texans. Uh, He should have been released immediately. If the dumpster fire that is the New York Giants can bench a two-time Super Bowl champion, Eli Manning, in a down year. Uh, The Houston Texans definitely should have released Kiami Fairbairn after that because that is just intolerable. And you should be embarrassed that that is your kicker. Completely and utterly embarrassing. You know, the Texans' lack of a running game, perhaps 
due to a lack of an offensive line and absence of receivers. Really, it just makes it impossible for them to score in the red zone. So after that missed field goal, the score remains tied 10-10. Titans get the ball, put a drive together, faced with a fourth and one, pick it up with Heisman Trophy winner Derrick Henry. Following that conversion, Marcus Mariota delivers a 24-yard touchdown strike to Delaney Walker. Tennessee Titans take a 17-10 lead. 17 unanswered points for the Tennessee Titans. You go from Texans up 10 nothing to down 17-10. Just an ugly stretch of football. And it's not over yet. It would only get uglier. Texans and Titans trade punts to start the fourth quarter. Texans catch a lucky break. Pass interference. One of our cornerbacks holding Eric Decker. Actually tackle him downfield. No flag is thrown. Tennessee, the fans just go nuts. They are livid. Uh, You can hear the booze raining down in Nashville on the telecast. Uh, But Texans get the ball following the punt. Hopkins comes through with another first down grab on third and seven. He was money on those plays. And seemingly uncoverable, even with this decimated and destroyed receiving core. A holding penalty called against the Texans brings up a second and 20. Lamar Miller on a screenplay picks up 14 yards, making it a third and six. Pass interference on the Titans on that play gives the Texans a first down, overcoming second and 20, something you haven't seen from the Texans all year long. You can add that to the bit of good news, the silver lining in the shit coat. Uh, And it was called against a defender covering Steven Anderson, and it was pass interference. And my question is, why would you interfere with anyone other than DeAndre Hopkins? You have three pass catchers for the Texans. Why are you interfering with any other than DeAndre Hopkins? No sense. Makes no sense. I mean, you could afford to double both Steven Anderson and DeAndre Hopkins. You really could. Texans pick up another first down. Holding brings up first and 20. Pick up 10 yards on first down, throw to Steven Anderson. Chris Thompson drops a ball on second down, third and 10. Red zone, baby. Tom Savage incomplete pass to Andre Ellington in the end zone. And somehow Fairbairn is able to come through with a somewhat clutch. Yeah, it was clutch. It was a clutch 42-yard field goal. But with the Texans now down four, his two misses loom very large. Texans 13, Titans 17. Now the Titans can seal the game with a couple of first downs. Despite looking confused in their alignments, the Texans' defense force a three and out. You had a run out of bounds for Tennessee, which stopped the clock like the worst thing you could do. And Marcus Mariota, I guess not wanting to throw an incomplete pass and stop the clock, didn't even try to throw it, uh, slides down for what is a sack on third down, three and out, Titans punt. Texans get the ball with a chance to win. And then steps Mr. Jeff Allen. Three false start penalties 
called on Jeff Allen in a row. In a row! I have never seen that in my life. The hat trick of false starts turns a 4th and 4 into a 4th and 19. And in the most improbable of situations, Tom Savage steps up into the pocket, avoids pressure. Man, did he look good on a couple of occasions. Uh, he rifles it low in between two Titans defenders to Steven Anderson, who once again makes another incredible catch up against the ground. Just him going to the ground. And it was close, man, but once again, there is no definitive replay saying that was not a catch. Call on the field stands. Texans convert a 4th and 19 in the waning moments of the game, overcoming three consecutive false starts. Incredible. Very next play. Houston has first down, first and 10 from the 30-yard line, from the Tennessee 30-yard line. And let's see. You're down four. If Fairbairn makes just one of those two missed field goals, you're only down one, and you're not forced to go for the touchdown. Do you have faith in them? No, but you can fall back on a field goal. You're not trying to force a touchdown, which evidently on the next play, Savage seemed to do. Savage throwing an interception in the end zone to DeAndre Hopkins in double coverage. Hopkins was in double coverage all game long. He never was not going to be in double coverage, uh, but the ball was not close. Well overthrown. It was uh, a savage throw reminiscent of uh, some of his throws a few weeks back. Had been looking good up until that point. It was not close. On the verge of what would have been the greatest game of his mediocre career, and statistically speaking, it was, but he he wouldn't tell you that. He wouldn't call it his greatest game because he throws an interception to end the game, to lose it for the Texans. I mean, he did what he does best. He, he shit the bed in the most crucial of moments. Titans defense forced a turnover when they needed it. Texans could not. Uh, Derrick Henry finishes pounding in the final coffin nail with a throwaway 60-yard touchdown run. Your final score, Texans 13, Titans 24. The Titans 8-4. Keep pace with the Jacksonville Jaguars in the AFC South, while the Texans fall to 4-8 after going 9-7 in each of Bill O'Brien's first three seasons, the last two of which ended with division championships. Uh, no one's that delusional. Uh, it, is a, it is a lost season. It's been said a number of times, a number of ways this year. Started things off with some good news, bad news from that game. Some meh news. Uh, Brian Cushing, back from his 10-game PED suspension, the second time he's been busted in his career. Uh, from all accounts, it looks like we should see him playing next Sunday against the 49ers, I believe. Uh, a game uh, led by... The newest 49er, Jimmy Garoppolo, I fully expect the Texans to lose this game, even to the lowly 49ers. Uh, bottom line, they have a better quarterback. Much better. It's not close. But Cushing, I don't know. The Texans seem to 
pride themselves. They seem to hold themselves to a higher moral standard. Although, uh, if you ask me, that all went out the window with Bob McNair's uh, inmates running the prison comments. But, uh, no, the Texans don't take chances on guys with character flaws. Um, they've released Bulla, the linebacker, who uh, tested positive for PEDs. Young linebacker who showed promise last year. Uh, Brian Cushing, quite possibly one of your top five players in franchise history, now busted twice. So um, what does it say that they're welcoming him back with open arms? Despite what the Texans may say, despite the, the front, the act that they put forth uh, to the public and to the media, that they care about character and morality. Ultimately, and it's not just for the Texans, it's the same for every team in every sport. Wins and losses matter most. Now, it's a lost season, and Cushing, I don't think, is going to help you win games, and if he does, it doesn't matter. But here's what I thought on the situation. Say the Texans are 13-0, and chasing history, and uh, the first seed in the playoffs, a first round bye, and home field advantage throughout the playoffs. They haven't made, all right? They've been winning games to this point without him. They can pull that morality card, and I don't think you see his ass playing. Maybe in the playoffs. You know what? See, I was going to say they wouldn't play him. If they thought he gave them a chance to win, they they would. In that situation, they would. Uh, if they are in contention, playing for something greater, yeah, he plays. Yeah, I guess he plays no matter what. Uh, but in this scenario, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, you're paying the guy a lot of money to what? To, to stand on the sideline? Uh, I don't really have a big opinion, a, a polarizing opinion on him playing the remainder of this year. How can you have anything polarizing with this team? They're garbage, and it's it's a lost year. Why fight it? You know, um, your team is decimated with injury, crumbling to the ground. In fact, he's he's a body. He's a body that you're paying a shit ton of money. Let him run around. Who who, who cares? I I don't know. If that sells an extra ticket or two, uh, out of curiosity, then I think it pays off. I do. I mean, it came up in this conversation. There's got to be in the hundreds of thousands of Texans fans out there. That probably registers with them, and maybe he's the difference. He shouldn't be. If he is, you're you're leading a sad life. But here I am talking for almost 40 minutes about him, so my, my life isn't going so hot either. And on that pitiful note, I think we'll say goodnight. Thanks again, y'all, for stopping by. Really appreciate it. You guys are like a... You're like like my pillow, you know, that I practice making out with uh, in junior high. You're like a make-out pillow. I'm just... I'm sort of just working out the kinks with y'all before prom. So I appreciate you guys being the make-out pillow... Uh, you know, I'd be one terrible kisser if it weren't for you. 
So I hope you guys continue to stay as cool as the other side of the pillow. Bill Shakespeare is out of here. And before you say it, guys, I know. You're welcome.